Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler here. I'm Cap, along with Joel, Joel Brzezinski, and we thank you once again for hanging out with us. And uh, Joel, if uh, if there's somebody out there that listens to us at least uh, once in a while or on a regular basis, we'd love to hear from them, wouldn't we? Oh, yes, we sure would. And Cap, it's good to be with you again this week for Growing in Grace. Uh, there's, um, I suppose, a couple different ways someone could get a hold of us, but the main way would be uh, I've got a, a website, which... I am terrible about updating. I don't, it's been several, <laughs> it's been a while since I've updated it, but I have a little thing on there. If you, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, fill out a little form on uh, graceroots.org, and we'd love to hear from you. All right, well, last time we were talking about our righteousness and God's righteousness. Our righteousness in God's eyes was like, it's unimpressive. <laughs> yeah, the the Bible calls it in Isaiah our, our righteousness uh, more more like filthy rags. No matter how good we think we're doing, it's still not impressing God from a works standpoint. But then we went on to talk about uh, righteousness revealed through the gospel through Christ, and uh, just kind of went back and forth on that. And we want to f- sort of continue that theme here this week. Yeah, and it's, it's it is it can be kind of a hard thing to grasp on too, because in this world you've this world, a lot of the system is based upon what you can do, what you can do to impress your boss, what you can do to impress your wife, what you can do to impress other people. You know, you've got, it seems like wherever you look, someone's trying to impress somebody else with what they do. And we can, you know, there's the big temptation to carry that into our relationship with God, where we think that the things that I do, I'm going to work hard so that I can impress God. But he created the universe. He created us. He knows that the things that we do are far, far, far below anything that, that he could do. And his righteousness, his holiness, and everything about God is so far above us, and yet we try uh, to measure up to this. But we can't. We just can't do it. Well, we have inherited um, a new nature when, when we confessed Christ and became a, a believer, came to faith. Um, this new nature is is that of righteousness. It's, it's God's nature. Um, you know, really, the Bible doesn't call us sinners anymore, even though I often hear a lot of my, my Christian friends refer to us, even believers, as sinners. Really, under the, under the new covenant, under our, our new identity, this new creation that took place within us, Jesus at one time called it being born again, a new birth. When that happens in your life, you're no longer a sinner by nature. You are righteousness. You are a saint, the Bible calls us. Yes, our identity has, has truly changed. And it's not just, you know, I don't want to just give lip service to that, but it's the, the truth is that who I once was is dead, is gone, and is never to be brought up again. And in place of that, God has made me a new creation, like you say. I've been reborn. I've been washed by the Holy Spirit, whom God poured out on me generously through Jesus Christ, my Savior. And I'm kind of uh, making a certain verse in Titus applied to myself, and you can make the same verse apply to yourself, so that having been justified by God's grace, I've become an heir, having the hope of eternal life. It's all what God has done, because in and of myself, I couldn't have done it. In 
in Ephesians, it says, By grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's the gift of God. And it's not by works, lest anyone should boast. And here's the part that I love. I think something that you were getting to, Cap, is that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're, we're his workmanship. Is that what I was getting to? Well, I don't know. Well, it sounded good to me. <laughs> I'm impressed with myself on that one, even though it's still filthy rags to God. Um, no, I'm, I'm horsing around here just a little bit. We like to have fun, too, if you're a new listener. Hang in there with us. We'll, we'll get serious here. Uh, we were referring to um, something out of Romans last week, too, Joel, where uh, we found out uh, Israel or the Jews under the Old Covenant were going around trying to establish their own righteousness because they were ignorant of God's righteousness. So they went around trying to establish their own through the works of the law. Uh, I can totally relate to that, probably even still today without even realizing it, because uh, you know you, you get so much of this um, that you've been taught for years, it, it just sort of gra- wraps itself around your mind, and it's hard to walk in this newness of life that we're talking about because... I know for years as a Christian, and I got saved at a young age, um, just based on some of the legalistic teaching I had been exposed to or you know, some well-meaning people who, who really had old covenant mentalities, the things that I had learned from them, so to speak, learned from them, uh, really stuck with me for a long time. I mean, I, I had uh, picked up a, a book as a child that told me that I was going to read 10 chapters of the Bible every day, whether I liked it or not. And you know what? That's what I did. And a lot of times I didn't like it because I didn't know what I was reading, you know, as, as a kid trying to get through Leviticus. And, and, you know, they taught me to take a colored pencil and each day of the week you would color in this and that from, from what you had read in the Bible. And, and not that reading the Bible is a bad thing. It's just that I began reading it sometimes for the wrong reasons, didn't understand a lot of what I was reading, and it just became a duty And then when I didn't read, or if I didn't pray, or if I didn't do X, Y, and Z, whatever that might be, as as the years of my life went on, I just felt so bad. And I felt, I didn't feel righteous, Joel. I just didn't. And and I struggled with that off and on. When I was doing good, I, I had this fleshly confidence that I could just about, you know, cast out any devil. I could uh, approach God and ask for anything and get it. And when things weren't going well, guess what? Uh, I went the other way. And sometimes I just didn't even want to be anywhere near God. I was like Adam. I wanted to go hide in the bushes because I knew I wasn't doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And it just became this works mentality that I I wrestled with. And I suppose some of that I still carry with me. Yeah, I think I do too. And I've I've sometimes referred to it as as a roller coaster ride. I've heard other people... (laughs) referred to it that too you're up and you're down and some, you know sometimes you're feeling really really good about yourself and man uh, i'm just i'm gonna do this now i'm i'm i know that, that god wants me to do this and so i'm gonna do it and then you end up failing or you end up not feeling that you've measured up enough and you just feel like you're low and you're down in the valley and maybe god's not looking at you in the same way. Maybe he's kind of disappointed with you. Yeah, exactly, Joel. It wasn't just so much me being disappointed with myself, but this fear of, what what did God think of me now? Right. Someone has said that disappointment means that somebody had expectations of you, but God is never disappointed with you. 
because he never had expectations of you. <laughs> and and I mean that in, in a biblical sense, in that, as we talked about last week, our good deeds, all the good things that we can do are filthy rags. It's not like God is expecting us to measure up to his holiness in and of ourselves. Uh, God doesn't have that expectation of us, and so he's not disappointed with us because he's provided the way in and of himself through his son Jesus Christ and through through righteousness, real righteousness, God's own righteousness that's been given to us as a gift. I mean, he's given that to us, and that's what he's looking at. That's what he's looking at so that we don't have to go up and down this roller coaster ride. But like you say, Cap, we've our minds have been trained, and, and, and we've lived, you know, some of us have lived that roller coaster ride for a long time, and it is kind of hard to get off of that. I think when it came to my uh, my Christian life and, and the things that I was trying to do, I, I really had a desire to want to serve God. I mean, I love the Lord. Uh, I wanted to see people get saved. You know, I, I really had all the right intentions. I think sometimes I just did a lot of the uh, the so-called good things for the wrong reasons. And as I began to understand more about God's unconditional love, that I couldn't make him love me more, I couldn't make him love me less. Somebody said something one time. It was one of those aha moments. Every once in a while you, you get a, a piece of teaching or, or some sort of understanding that you didn't have before, and you go, oh, now I, I get it even more now. Well, somebody uh, one time had said, God has forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. And, you know, I went most of my Christian life for many, many years, a couple of decades, I guess, without ever hearing somebody tell me that. And it was one of those moments that said, oh, and, and it didn't make me say, oh, you mean it really doesn't matter what I do and I can go do what I want. I didn't say any of that. Once I began to understand that God's love wasn't conditional and he just loved me for who I was, guess what? It made me feel the same way uh, about him in many ways because as I began to understand God's love for me, my love for him began to grow as I got to know him better uh, through that truth. And it just made me want to to serve him, to, to love others, to do the right things, not because I had to, but because this new nature that I had inherited at the time of coming to faith, I was beginning to understand that more now. And as I began to understand it more, it made me want to do what was right. I didn't, I, I didn't have to do it because I felt obligated to. I just wanted to. Exactly. And I, you know, I think for thousands of years, that was the, the way that it, was, that it was done, in that the people would look at what they were supposed to do try to do it and they they could never do it and so they it it was just a, a vicious circle where they just could never make it happen but Christ has done something for us that we couldn't that we couldn't do for ourselves and something that 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 I see it happening and I've done it before myself is that you take a look there's a lot of exhortations and encouragement to to live right and to live holy in, even in the new testament and especially in the new testament what happens is is that we take those verses and we just we pluck them out and we say okay and maybe a sermon will get preached or a book will get written or you, someone on the radio or whatever and it, it will be see the bible says this now let's now let's live by this but we forget there's stuff before said before that there's stuff said after it there's the whole context of of the new covenant that says Christ has done this for us God has given us new life in Jesus Christ 
therefore, you know, do this, therefore do that. It's not like uh, we're, God just pops these things, these requirements to us and says, you do these. But he says, my life has come into you. My life is one with yours. I'm in union with you together by my grace. You're going to do this, and, and it's my grace that's going to empower you. Well, that's good stuff, Joel. And you know, and I've got to say too, having said everything I said about my life, I I am not there. I, I mean, I don't live a perfect life. I know I don't, but I don't I don't think any longer do I get wrapped up in the condemnation of that like I probably used to in my younger years when I didn't understand grace at all. I think Paul said kind of the same thing in Philippians where he was talking about that very thing that. He he wanted to be found in Christ, not having his own righteousness, but he wanted the righteousness which is by faith. And then in uh, in, in Philippians three twelve, he says, "Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me." I think Paul, even though he knew this stuff, I mean, he's the one that declared it to us in in all these scriptures. I think he himself knew that this is something that he couldn't attain in that and what i mean by that is that he knew that he couldn't every day get out of that mindset that it was god's work and not his own he you know he hadn't attained that type of perfection yet knowing that it's only christ but yet he knew that that was what was in his heart and he would press on day by day trying to remember these things trying to li- trying to live this thing out by god's grace well, you've been listening to Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler here along with Joel Brzezinski. We're out of time for this one, Joel. All right. Well, thanks again for listening, and we'll be with you next week. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 